Good evening, Deep Sits Pro Wrestling Podcast fans. I am joined by Tommy. Tommy, how are you? Doing good, man. Good to be back. You ready to get episode 38 started? For sure. All righty, let's do this. Dillity from the champion. Uh-oh, oh, 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 Deep Six Pro Wrestling Podcast fans. We are in episode 38, our 21st week of the Deep Six Pro Wrestling Podcast. I am joined by Tommy from Back Sports Page. Tommy, how are you, man? Oh, doing good. It feels like we've it's been a while since we've talked, but you know, it's it's been a good another good week of wrestling. You know, I'm glad we get to sit down and talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um yeah, uh, overall, uh, wrestling as a whole has uh, definitely uh, uh, strung a couple of uh, good weeks uh, together, including WWE, NXT, AEW. Uh, but yeah, we will uh, we will talk about all that today. But uh, where do you want to start? Do we want to start with Raw? Or do we want to start with a little NXT talk? Uh, you know, honestly, I think we have to go with NXT because, in my opinion, NXT was far superior show this week so i think uh, nxt is a good jumping off point Alrighty, so uh a little ratings talk uh first of all uh we're gonna go off the cusp for, for a couple of moments here uh the aew ratings a uh, little bit over eight hundred thousand. probably more or it's always the mid eight hundred thousand mark um wwe uh, approximately 680,000. Don't have the number exact number in my head, uh, but it's around there. So, and AEW wins the uh, ratings war uh, once again. Um, this is going on for uh, a number of, of weeks. Um, I think two straight months now. Both numbers took a drop. I'm going to talk about this later on, but both numbers took a drop. Because they are on the same night. So last week we had one million, over one million on Wednesday night for AEW. And WWE had over 800,000 on their Tuesday night show. So, in your opinion, do you think both companies benefit from um, doing separate nights? I think the numbers tell me uh, tell me so, but what do you think? Yeah, I do. And I, I think it just as a wrestling fan in general, somebody who tries to take in as much content as I can, it, it just makes it so much more enjoyable, enjoyable to be able to sit there and not have to have, you know, two different TVs or two different, you know, have to flip the channels. You know, it does make for good competition and that's what we want to see. But it just it just makes the shows just feel so much more. I want to say impactful, if that if that makes sense. You just you sit down and watch it and you're like, OK. This is good. They have their own night. They can sit down and plan out what they want to do and not have to worry about, you know, the numbers for a different show. And then you get to go into Wednesday and you got AEW, which is completely different from what WWE has. And so if you look at it, you know, you have Monday Night Raw. Then you if you if they ended up doing this, you'd have Tuesday, you have NXT. Then you have AEW on Wednesday and then Friday would be SmackDown. You're kind of sandwiching in, you know, WWE with all these uh, shows that you have, you know, to begin the week. But AEW gets that, that that middle spot, 
And that's what makes it so much enjoy more, so much more enjoyable is that you don't have to worry about the competition. You don't have to worry about what the other person's doing at this moment. If you're going to miss a match, you know, because their main event has the same stature as the other show's main event. And you can't watch them both at the same time. You get to finally be able to, you know, just sit down and enjoy it. And I think that's kind of been the thing is while I love the competition, you almost feel like you can't enjoy it because you have to hide yourself away from spoilers of the other show or you have to flip the channel. And it just does It just kind of takes me out of it. So I love the Super Tuesday idea. I think that's great. And, you know, going up against Impact on Tuesday nights, you know, and even if Impact moved to Thursday, I think that would be great. But just having a week full of, of wrestling and being able to say, okay, there's a show every night that I can look forward to and not have to worry about having to flip the channel just makes it better for the wrestling community and, and makes it a more enjoyable watch. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm curious. I'm very curious. I wonder how AEW number would run up against a Raw if they ran a show on Monday night. Or a SmackDown if they ran a show on Friday night. I'm really curious about what the they'd numbers would be like there. Yeah, I think it would definitely be close. I, I don't know if they'd beat them. I think that's a tough thing because you have to look at it in the fact that even Monday Night Raw is going up against Monday Night Football now. We're finally getting back into the football season. It's so the fall the ratings, season. It's the toughest season. Yeah, so their ratings are definitely going to take a hit. I, I think SmackDown's been on a, a pretty good run here recently. I mean, compared to Raw. So I think I don't know how they would do on a Friday night, but like I said, you know, I just I just enjoyed having not having to worry about conflicting shows and being able to just enjoy Super Tuesday and then Dynamite and then Friday Night Smackdown instead of having to have, you know, so much wrestling on one day to where you feel like you're overwhelmed with, you know, everything that's going on. Exactly. And you know what? Both uh, NXT uh, is benefited from being on Tuesday. I mean, it's. I don't look at Wednesday night as a uh, necessarily a war, um, although N- NXT would be uh, quite possibly looking to make the next move, the first move here. Uh, but and it, WWE knows that, and it's probably getting the hint that NXT uh, will benefit from their ratings moving to Tuesday, and AEW is going to benefit too. So it, it, it it's like a win win. We're looking at a win-win for both companies uh, if 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 both shows are not at the same time. Yeah, I, I think the only thing, you know, like you mentioned, it, it kind of would seem if WWE did make that first move that they're kind of like seceding Wednesday night to AEW. But I, I just don't look at it that way. I just think, you know, it gives it gives the, the roster of NXT you know, the chance to shine. You get more viewers on that night. You get more viewers on AEW because you're not having to switch back and forth between the two shows. And it, like I said, it just makes it more enjoyable. I, I find myself, especially when we were getting into SummerSlam and Payback, and then you had All Out, you had that whole stretch where it's just like wrestling was almost overwhelming me. There was just so much, and I couldn't enjoy it as much as I wanted to. And now we're finally getting into the stretch where, you know, there's time for the pay-per-views to build. We got Clash of Champions coming up, full gears and for, you know, until November. It just allows the shows to feel that much more important and not feel like they're rushing towards something because they want to beat their competitor. Absolutely. Uh, we got a comment here. Uh, for those of you uh, guys that are watching, feel free to drop a comment uh, and, um, you know, join our discussion. Uh, we have our first comment here is by David Smith. Uh, maybe, Tommy, maybe this is like your long lost cousin or something. 
But uh, he says, uh, how do you both feel about Wade Barrett and NXT doing commentary? I love it. I, I, I really do love it. We talked about, um, well, we heard about Wade Barrett declining, coming back for the next reunion that they had planned for WrestleMania. And to have him, just his voice just brings something different to the table. We, we saw, you know, they, they're losing Mauro Ronaldo. And his voice was just something to look forward to. I loved his, you know, Mamma Mia and all that stuff. It was just, it, was just, it brings excitement to, to the show. And Wade Barrett, I just think having him being a part of WWE in the past and having his, you know, knowing knowledge of the WWE style and just how to work that, it just, it just brings a different dynamic. I kind of look at it the same way with when they had WWE backstage and they brought CM Punk. He's an outsider who has worked inside the business he has worked in the wwe style so he knows how it works and if you look at the ratings every time cm punk was announced the show did that much better i mean they were they were far and above you know when he wasn't on the show and so having wade barrett hopefully it leads to you know him getting in the ring in some way i think they could make a good story out of that if you know in i don't i don't want to predict the future but that would be something that i'd really look forward to because i was always a big fan of wade barrett and i thought he was world champion material, but I, I really do enjoy having him on commentary so far. I just think he brings a different dynamic to the show that, you know, not having fans in the arena and having, you know, some people commentate from their home or commentate from a different, different place. It's, it's just a refreshing take on WWE. So, you know, good on WWE for getting him to join on the commentary team. Well, Tommy, have I got some bad news for you? <laughs> No, uh, Wade Barrett, um, from what I'm picking up on, um, seemingly a pretty good storyteller. I like his voice uh, on there. It's unique. Um, kind of pretty much like a Nigel McGuinness. I mean, after all, they're both from the same country and have the same uh, uh, accent. Um, but, um, yeah, uh, good storytelling. Uh uh, I, I think I think he'll he he can bring a lot to the team and uh, yeah I mean it really stinks losing Mauro Ronaldo uh, he he's one of my favorites of uh, maybe even I, I think I may even like him more than the '90s Jr. To be honest, but yeah, he was he was definitely enjoyable to have on the show. Yeah, I mean, listen, if anything, um, you know, uh, Jr. Mauro Ronaldo one A one B. People, I don't, I don't know who you put at one A one B at this point. I mean, they're both really good. That's how great Mauro is, one of the best. Uh, hopefully, he lands somewhere on my television, whether it be, uh, hope that, you know, with another wrestling promotion because I, I, I enjoy hearing Mauro. Great storytelling. He's into it, uh, and and I think a good storyteller on commentary. Uh, can easily, I, I mean, l- listen, if you go back to watching uh, the WWE product on Raw in, in, in the mid 90s, 93, 94, 95, and maybe a little into 96, Vince McMahon and then uh, Jerry Lawler were basically doing a commentary for that. And Vince McMahon was very, even though the matches weren't great, Vince McMahon knew how to bring you in as far as the commentary, exactly. doing the storytelling, and he was so into it. And again, Jr. was like that. Moral loves Joey Styles. Um, yeah, uh, Wade Barrett's doing a, a good job. Yeah. Um, from what I see, I'm glad they signed them and brought it back. Um, I'm not even too sure if uh, Wade Barrett can can go uh, in the ring. Maybe he can. 
Um, I, I, I uh, haven't really kept up with him like that lately, but uh, I loved his uh, Nexus work uh, in the beginning. He definitely should have gotten that push uh, uh, with that big win against John Cena. Um, and, um, oh, and then the Bad News Barrett. Uh, Bad News Barrett, uh, that version of uh, Wade Barrett was was great. Uh, my favorite gimmick uh, by him, too. So, Dave yeah. Smith, thank you so much for the uh, um, the comment. Uh, anything else you have to say about that, Tommy, before we move on? Yeah, I was just, you know, I, I brought up the fact that I always thought he was championship material. I bought, like you talked about his run with Nexus and Bad News Barrett. He was just such an interesting character because I don't know if it was his voice or the way he did you know, what he did in the ring, but he just, he just, he made you want to hate him. And that's the great, the great heel work of the history of wrestling is people that you want to hate. And he was, when, especially with Bad News Barrett, I mean, he was the, one of the most hated, hated heels on the roster. And even looking back at the Nexus stuff, I mean, when they first debuted, I, that's a crazy moment. I mean, that's still something that gets replayed to this, to this day is just how impactful it was and how, just out of the blue it was, you know, having all these guys come up from NXT before NXT was NXT. And so now it's like he has the talent and he has the mic work to, to either lead the show or get into a future program somewhere down the line. But, I mean, we both agreed it's, it's a great gift for WWE to just be able to bring him back, especially knowing that in April he really wanted nothing to do with the company and the, the Nexus reunion that they were planning. Yeah, sometimes reunions don't really work out the way the way it should. But uh, yeah, uh, and that's another thing too. Uh, when uh, Nexus was formed by Wade Barrett, uh, that was actually one of my that was my favorite angle uh, with them uh, invading Raw for the first time, and um, uh, we've seen. Um, Justin Roberts, the who's now the announcer of AEW, getting choked out aggressively by accident and uh, by by Daniel Bryan, uh, and then that led him to getting released, only to be brought back six weeks later. Um, that was a cool angle, one of my favorite angles for sure by by Wade Barrett. So it's uh, one of those, yeah, good. it's one, one of my those, favorite roles. Yeah, exactly, and it's just one of those what ifs. I mean, if if Cena didn't take the rub from that SummerSlam match, I mean, just imagine the star that we would have in Wade Barrett. Because I've hinged on this for a while, and I've always believed it. He is a star. He's the kind of guy that you can build that heel work. And you look at his matches with Randy Orton in the end of 2010, I mean, where he was basically like, Cena, if you don't give me the win, you're either fired or you're joining Nexus. Like, that's the kind of stuff that, as a wrestling fan, like, you want to see. You want to hate this guy to where the heroes, like John Cena, you know, are really having a battle just to get to the point where, you know, they're, they're the top guy again. And so I, I really do hope that we see more of Wade Bear here in the future. Absolutely. Uh, well, listen, it, the door is apparently open um, or in the process of being open for hopefully uh, a return to the ring. I would like to see it. NXT. We'll start with NXT. We'll buzz through this. We'll buzz through Raw, and then that will wrap up our show. Um, we had a very good showing by Shotzi Blackheart, didn't we? She, Versus Io Shirai. Yeah, she was incredible. What an incredible match for her to get that that high profile match against Io Shirai. I mean, just she stepped up in a in a big way. I was very impressed. 
That was definitely the the women's matchup of the night um, between the two brands for sure. Uh, comparing um, NXT to AEW, but what is showing? Um, you know, sometimes the the look of Shotzi Blackheart is not for everybody. Um, her gimmick is not for everybody. Maybe maybe a little hokey. Uh, coming out with uh, a mini uh, ar- army army truck. Yeah, the um, tank. <laughs> yeah, that's the word I was looking for. But you got an amazing wrestler in Shotzi Blackheart in that division. Yeah, I think Wade Barrett, you know, we were just talking about him, but he did a great job of really putting her over how just how weird her character is and how weird the gimmick is, but how great she did in this match. I mean, this was a physically intense match. And to be able to kind of this was kind of Shotzi Blackheart's first real test, I want to say, against Eos Jirai, who we know is one of the best in the business. She's champion for a reason. And she's delivered with flying colors. I mean, I, I can't talk enough about how well she did in this test to, you know, see. And I, I look forward to seeing her get these future opportunities, whether that's against Yoshirai or, you know, um, somebody. I mean, um, I'm forget, well, I'm forgetting. You, you Rhea, got Ripley, names, Rhea Ripley. Yeah, Rhea Ripley. You got names that uh, Dakota Kai, too, that are uh, waiting in the wings. Um, so you, you have a, you have a couple of options where you can put a title on, yeah. Uh, but Io um, Shotzi Blackheart really stated a case for herself why she belongs in that uh, woman's main event scene. Yeah, I, you know, Io Shirai is not going to be there forever. She's coming up to the main roster probably. Don't be surprised if she loses the title on October fourth, just in time for the draft. We are frozen here. We got frozen Tommy for those that are watching. So, yes, Shotzi Blackheart versus Io Shirai. That was a non-title match and an amazing showing uh, that we saw uh, by Shotzi. Uh, Again, Shotzi Blackheart is not everybody's cup of tea, um, but you have an amazing wrestler there. Great, great uh, wrestler in uh, Shotzi Blackheart for sure. And I believe she's going to make some moves in that division. Yeah, I think she's the future coming up. I I, I mentioned before, I think my internet might have jumped out there for a second. but I called you a frozen Tommy while you were off. <laughs> and it's all good. Um, I think if they ever did the War Games match, she could be kind of one of those players where we see, you know, having that superstar outlook you know she she comes into the match and just absolutely dominates and she gets to the point where you know fans start taking her seriously and i I think this was the first step to where we see that because as i mentioned this was a huge huge test i mean you don't you don't get a a non-title match against io shirai just on a random nxt and for her to come into that this match and put on the performance that she did i mean hats off to her It it was an incredible match to start the show so right before you uh, got frozen, uh, I mentioned the fact that, um, you know, quite possibly with TakeOver coming up and the draft, we could see Io Shirai getting moved up to the main roster. So you got to believe that a Rhea Ripley, a Dakota Kai, or Shotzi Blackheart is going to be the next one to move into that role. Probably more so I'm thinking maybe Dakota Kai. I'm not too sure if they go back to Rhea Ripley just yet. It, 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 I mean, maybe they do a number one contender match to see who the number one contender for that uh, for uh, Io Shirai would be. I'm not too sure where they go there yet. 
Yeah, I think they announced on NXT um, a battle royal, a number one contenders battle yes, royal. Yes, yes. So I know, I know, Rhea Ripley is in that match, or at least they showed her on the, uh, you know, picture for the I match. Remember that. So I don't know where they go. You could go with the, you know, the uh, surefire way with Rhea Ripley. You could go, you know, completely out of the blue with somebody like Mercedes Martinez. Or I agree with you. I think Dakota Kai is the best choice because we saw her have that match at TakeOver 30. Now she can finally get her revenge on a high, you know, big stage. And then that allows Io Shirai to move up to, you know, the women's division on Raw and SmackDown. Rumor has it that Mercedes Martinez is one of the Revolution members. So I'm not sure if that's the case. I'm not too sure if we see her back on NXT. I feel like this is two weeks now we haven't seen her. Yeah, I, I feel like we hear so many different people are being announced as retribution members that it's kind of like I, I don't even know if WWE knows who they want to put out there. But, you know, we saw her in the match with Rhea Ripley, the steel cage match that Rhea Ripley won. And she's, we know that she's still a member of the Robert Stone brand. So, yeah, I, I wonder what, what they're going to do here in the future. Well, I guess it remains to be seen. Um and that's a good point you made. Thank you about that. Uh, because, uh, that, yeah, uh, they did announce that there'll be a number one contender battle royal. Um, so there's a slew of options there. We know Rhea Ripley's in there. Dakota Kai's in there. Um, so, uh, and, uh, Shotzi Blackheart is in there too, as well. So, uh, we'll see what we get there, uh, within the next week or so. Uh, moving on, Austin Theory is back on TV, apparently, uh, against a very aggressive as of late Kushida. Kushida, def- uh, defeats Austin Theory with the Kimura. Um, you think they're doing anything with, uh, Kushida here? Yeah, you know, knowing that we found out today that they're doing the as William Regal called it, I want to say the gauntlet eliminator number one contenders match. And Kushida is the first person to be in that match. We talked about it before the show. It would be so nice to have, I think it's a five man match, five young guys that we don't normally see get the rub, you know, throw in Cameron Grimes, throw in Bronson Reed, you know, maybe even Austin theory gets in that match just to have a different, you know, a different taste of, you know, who's going to fight Finn Balor. We've seen, Johnny Gargano versus Finn Balor. I'm sure we'll see Tommaso Ciampa fight sometime down the line, especially with what he's been doing recently. But having a new a new guy get that rub on a takeover, we know Finn Balor's going to win. There's no reason for them to take the title off of him this quick, with especially with what they did for that uh, fatal four-way 60-man Ironman match to move it to, you know, have a draw. I mean, there's no way that he loses the title anytime soon. But a guy like Kushida, who we've seen in New Japan, you know, and he, he gives off that new aggressive side that we haven't seen in NXT that we saw in New Japan. I think I think he's a great choice to be a challenger if they decide to go that way of having, you know, a young guy or a, a kind of out there guy where they don't, you know, normally take chances and give him that rub on takeover. Yeah, uh, Kushida to me seems to be uh, picking up a little momentum over the past couple of weeks from what I noticed. So uh, that uh, um, I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't mind uh, seeing a match between Kushida and Finn Balor. Sign me up. I mean, we know Finn Balor will win, but um, I, w- I wouldn't mind seeing that match for sure. Tag team titles on the line. Brizango uh, retains against Imperium. Brizango gets the win, and what could have been the best tag match out of uh, both brands for the night? Um, 
So uh, your thoughts, uh, do we see Imperium going back to uh, NXT UK here? You think they're going to stick around uh, now that uh, NXT uh, UK is uh, back and running? You think they go back over there? Uh, where do you think Imperium goes from here? I, I wonder. I, I can't I can't answer that question yet because I just don't know who's going to be the next challengers for the tech team titles. I think Imperium, you know, they've lost two straight matches against Brizango. We even talked about how we didn't even think Brizango was going to get the rub. We kind of just thought they were the veteran guys who were getting a match on TakeOver and they were going to lose. And they ended up taking the titles. So with NXT UK starting back up, I think it would make sense for them to go back there. But depends. Again, I brought up the War Games thing. If they're going to do an Undisputed Era versus Imperium, I mean, that that match sells. I mean, that's just a perfect match to have in the War Games, you know, match type. It just it would that's green that you're printing right there, and so I think it just it depends on who they decide to go with as the next challengers, whether that is Undisputed Era again or a different team. You know, who knows? It, maybe they run another Dusty Classic to find the number one contenders. I mean, it's it'll be interesting to see who who they put in here as the number one contenders. But you know, it, NXT WWE is uh, lacking. Uh, pretty much every every division WWE is lacking a, a tag team division. Yeah, uh, I, I'm honestly thinking, with the exception of NXT, I'm honestly thinking that they, they should merge the tag titles. Uh, I mean, how can you sell, call yourself a tag team division with three tag teams uh, per division per show? It doesn't make sense to me. So uh, I would think that Phantasma would probably be the next to uh, challenge uh, Brizango again. Yeah, that would be interesting. We've talked about how much we love Phantasma and how, how well they can grow if they have the tag team titles. So, you know, having having the leader be the Cruiserweight Championship and having the rest of the, the group be tag team teams, I mean, that can really set up a strong stable here in the future. Jake Atlas challenges Ciampa for next week. So, if I'm not mistaken, Ciampa and Jake Atlas had a match a couple weeks ago. Am I, am I correct? Yes. And, yeah, I was uh, that, and yeah. then after that, uh, Ciampa beat down Jake, Atle- uh, Jake Atlas. And Atlas wants his uh, revenge. Um, so Atlas came out and challenged Champa to a match, which we should be seeing soon. I would think maybe next week, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but later on in the night, Jake Atlas gets attacked by Champa in the parking lot. And the point I wanted to make is come to the save is uh, one half of uh, Undisputed Era, Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole. Um, so we know Jake Atlas is going to have his match against Chaba, and we know that Jake Atlas is going to uh, not necessarily get squashed, but he's going to take another loss. But uh, another thing I'm noticing is that uh, a potential face turn for Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah, you know, we talked about how going into the match takeover, Adam Cole was kind of playing the face because Pat McAfee was the heel. And so I, I think he he can play that really well. I, I'm glad that they're going to use Jake Atlas here as the under – he's been the underutilized kind of guy, and now you're getting to have him get a rub against Tommaso Ciampa. We, like you said, you know, we know Tommaso Ciampa is going to win that match. But I think it's interesting. I, I wonder how they're going to build whether they do – we've talked about how Adam Cole is going to go to the main roster here sometimes. It's, it's inevitable. He's going to happen, whether it's at the draft or – you know, after WrestleMania or something like that. 
I wonder if they do the inevitable turn with Undisputed Era turning on Adam Cole. And I, I would love to see, I've clamored since I joined the show, how much I would love to see a fatal four-way between all four members of that of that stable. And, you know, here's here's me wishing that it still happens. But, you know, I it, it'll be interesting to see what they do with Adam Cole and Undisputed Era. It would be an interesting dynamic without Adam Cole there. Uh, what I was probably personally leaning forward was uh, leaning toward was the possibility uh, of one uh, Champa feuding with Adam Cole. Uh, maybe uh, by the time Takeover rolls around, I'm not too sure if you have a whole lot of time to build to that. Yeah, uh, at least not for this coming Takeover, but maybe the next one. Because even though if Adam Cole gets drafted into the main roster on Raw or SmackDown by October. He may hang around for a couple more weeks uh, in NXT. We've seen that before, uh, bounce back and forth. I mean, after all, they're all, they're you know they're in Orlando, they're in the same city. So, uh, but you know, they, I was thinking maybe there's a possibility, and I thought they were going to do this with Finn Balor, but there's a possibility where maybe uh, Champa, um, the undisputed era, turns on Adam Cole, maybe goes with Champa. Um, so maybe we get a few with Cole and Champa there with Undisputed turning on them, and then maybe Ciampa becomes the leader of Undisputed Era. A lot, a lot of uh, possibilities there. Uh, I, I w- it would be an interesting dynamic not having Cole there and not having like a true leader in that group, don't you think? Yeah, I do. I didn't think about that. Having Ciampa be the leader, I, I think they can make that story work, and I think it would be, you know, he's got the mic skills, and he's obviously a great leader. You know, we saw him... And he's so good in the ring. I mean, he is one of the best in the ring in the, you know, in the entire company. So, you know, now that I think about that, that could be a really interesting dynamic is to have Ciampa be, you know, be the leader. It, you know, we throw back to Wade Barrett, as we were talking about earlier. You know, we saw CM Punk kind of usurp him as the leader. And they had a little bit of a feud, Wade Barrett and, and CM Punk. So, yeah, I, I kind of like that. I, I think that could be something that we could see down the line that would not only make a lot of sense, but make make some good money and you know be something that a lot of people want to watch. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting um, over the next couple of weeks and for the draft that they have not even advertised yet, but we know it's coming up <laughs> beginning of October. Damian Priest defeats Timothy Thatcher in, in the NXT main event and retains his title. Um, what did you think of this match before we move forward? You know, it was it was good. I have been a fan of Priest for a while, and to kind of have him, his whole character is that now he's finally champion, he's North American champion, and he's kind of living up the party style. And I like you You have this guy in Timothy Thatcher who is no-nonsense, you know, just going in and, and ready to, you know, kick some you-know-what. And for him to come in there, and they just had another... I think they did a great job in starting and ending the show with two physical matches. I mean, this was really a good showing out party for for both of them, but especially for Priest. I think Priest got a, a really good rub, and I think it really shows that he can be, you know, a good champion. You know, he, he kind of reminds me of, you know, some of the, the great Intercontinental Champions of the 90s, you know. Like Scott Honk- Hall. Yeah, Razor Ramon, you know, Honky Tonk Man. He just he just brings that different kind of vibe, and I think he did a really good job in this match. But again, like I said, kudos to WWE. The, starting into this show, I mean, to have two physical matches like they did was was incredible. Yeah, um, 
great good match. I, uh, a lot of people have been like critical on, on uh, Damian Priest. Listen, you gotta you, uh, as far as like his uh, wrestling ability goes, you gotta remember this guy is over is about six foot six or taller. Yeah. All right. So um, that is gonna limit like the move set. So he he does kind of uh, his his in ring work. It kind of resembles that of a Scott Hall, which I I used to like when I was younger. Uh, he's doing pretty good work. Uh, um, he's doing pretty good uh, work in the ring as far as his persona goes. Pretty funny how he jumped uh, jumped in a hot tub uh, right after uh, his victory of the NXT title with the two women with Triple H uh, taking a selfie with them. But um, yeah, I mean, you got to give it a chance. He's got charisma. He can go. We know we've seen him go against Finn Balor, one of the last in your house uh, NXT takeover in your house. Uh, great match there. So that WWE has, has definitely got something with uh, Damian Priest. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see the dynamic that they run with. We kind of. I don't want to say the, the North American title has been like hot potato, but we haven't really seen a lot of, of people hold it for too long. We saw Keith Lee give it up after winning um, the NXT title in that match with Adam Cole. So, you know, I, I'd like to see him get that that rub, you know, where he holds the title for a while and you, you build up. We always talk about how both companies need to continue to build their stars and get these younger guys chances. And we saw that with the, the ladder match. There's a bunch of guys, Damian Priest, Bronson Reed, um, Cameron Grimes, Cameron Grimes. Yeah, exactly. You know, you have you have the, that presence in that match, the young guy presence. And so if they continue to to let him shine and kind of build. I like this character, you know, where he's just the party guy. You know, now that he's champion, he's finally, you know, able to live the luxurious life. And so give him time to, to build, get him ready for when he inevitably goes to the main roster and have another guy that you build up whether that is Cameron Grimes or a Bronson Reed or somebody else, you know, it just, it, it's, it's good storytelling to build up a new guy to finally take down the top guy to where he can, you know, move up to that main roster. And now you got another guy who's, you know, champion and ready to lead the brand for the next few months. So I, I hope we see them let him hold the title for a little bit longer than normal. Ricochet. Let's talk a little Ricochet for a moment before we talk about raw. Um, Ricochet was rumored um, very, very recently that he could be on his way out once his contract is done. Uh, I even got a message on it today. Um, I'm reading reports that that's not the case. Uh, what do you think about this? Talk about a huge loss for WWE if this happens. I mean, Ricochet going to the competitor, one of the competitors. I mean, that would be crazy. He has been such an underused talent. It's, it's crazy ever since his loss to Lesnar. I forget. I think that was at one of the Saudi shows. Yes. That was he, in one of the Saudi shows early this where he year. Just, he just got squashed. And it's just, it seems like ever since then he hasn't been, they don't know how to use him. And I, I don't know why he's, his talent is great. You know, he's, he's the kind of guy that you want to see in the ring. Cause he just, he brings a different style. He's that high flyer, but he can brawl with, with some of the big guys. Obviously, you know, nobody thought he was going to hang with Lesnar, but I mean, he got squashed and he hasn't done anything since he has, he's been getting beat up by the hurt business every Monday night, you know, if he, if he's even on the show. So 
it would be a huge loss. I hope they don't lose him because I've, I've always been a fan of Ricochet and getting him from Lucha Underground when they got him was, was such a huge, huge get. His time in NXT, maybe that's what he needs to do, go back to NXT because his time in NXT was great. I thought, I think it was his debut at, I want to say New Orleans, where they did the ladder match, the North American title ladder match. I mean, that's one of my favorite matches of all time. It's, it was such an enjoyable match, and he took so many risks in that match. Just... I would be very disappointed if WWE lost Ricochet. Good look. Great wrestler. But, man, does he have to work on his talking abilities. For sure. That might be the one reason why w- that, that that could be the one thing that WWE has held him back for is his uh, ability to talk. Very vanilla at times. Yeah. With this personality. And I, I agree, but I think that that is where you know they have – a bunch of people on the roster who can help. You can be a manager. We, I mean, maybe if they teamed him up with Zelina Vega, I mean, if he turned heel, I think that would be interesting because she's a good talker. You saw, you know, we see how well that's worked out for Roman Reigns. And obviously, you know, that's apples and oranges, two different, totally, totally different people. You have a main event guy and a mid card guy, but how great he's done in recent time, just from having Paul Heyman by his side and being that mouthpiece to where we don't have to hear Roman Reigns say the same stuff every week. So, you know, maybe that's what they decide to do is put him with a manager, give him something. But, yeah, he definitely needs some work on the mic. Yeah, absolutely. That's been his one big Achilles heel, uh, if if there's any, with Ricochet. I would have loved to have seen somehow uh, Ricochet and Will Ospreay wrestled again on a WWE stage, NXT, but they just couldn't make that deal with Ospreay. But that would have been great. That 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 would be my fantasy booking for Ricochet for sure. Yeah, I I would have loved to see that match. I've always been a big fan of Will Ospreys as well. But if I, now that I thought about it, I think that's the the best thing that they can do is is send him back to NXT. We saw even Austin Theory. I mean, he's going back to NXT, and Finn Balor has he's the champion in NXT. Like he's he's done well in his time going back and getting that kind of fresh restart on NXT. And that's why you have a third brand. You have this, I don't want to say developmental because that's not what it is, but you have this, this brand that is completely different from Raw and SmackDown. That's completely different roster, completely different style of wrestling in, in some cases. And it, it's a different show. I mean, it's only, it's two hours versus your Raw being three and SmackDown being two. And it's you just, know, it, it's an opportunity to go down, hit the reset button. Exactly. Build yourself back up, and when it comes time for the uh, a raw roster, SmackDown roster, then you know hopefully they don't get they don't book them uh, to be a jobber again. Because yeah. that's yeah. that's probably what I think you really need to do with Ricochet at this point. Let them go down, hit the reset button. You know, let them stay down there for six months to a year, and then uh, you have them built up back again and be more formidable of, of an appointment uh, of an opponent for somebody on a raw SmackDown. Yeah, it's just it's it's insane how quickly he's he's turned from being kind of a mid card guy that you'd see every week on Raw to now it it's almost surprising if he even gets on Raw because of you know what happened with Lesnar in that Saudi show. You know what the problem is? The roster for WWE and NXT uh, is so darn good. And you have such good talent all across the board that specifically Raw and SmackDown, they don't know how to book the talent 
So us as smart fans, when we see guys like uh, uh, you know, Ricochet, uh, Daniel Bryan, not as much Daniel Bryan anymore, but uh, Kevin Owens, uh, Finn Balor when he was on the main roster, a lot of these great guys, not, not Aleister Black, um, they're so good and could be a title holder, but they're, they're not getting that push. But the problem is you can only push one guy at a time to, for the championship. You can only push one person for mid-level. And it, it's it's somebody has to play the role of champion. Somebody has to play the role of challenger. Same with the mid-card. And somebody's got to play the role of being a goober. Yeah. It's yeah. unfortunate Ricochet is in the goober category right now because we know how good he is and we know that he deserves better. He does need to improve his talking, but we know that he deserves better. He should have had a better get- a match against Brock Lesnar. Um, so, yeah, the way Ricochet has been treated, it- it's probably true. It's probably true that word got out and he said something, and now uh, he's just trying to defuse it for now. Um, but he could very well be on his way out. Yeah, we talk about AEW and how wealthy they are in tag team, just having a, a bunch of tag teams. And it, it almost surprises me how WWE just hasn't put these underused guys in tag teams and built up that tag team division because they have pieces there. They have guys. We even see it kind of with the combination of Cesaro and Shinsuke, two guys who are kind of, you know, middling, just kind of just hanging around on the roster. They put them together and they've done pretty well for themselves. I mean, you know, they're, they're an interesting watch. And so I, I've been surprised that WWE for so long has neglected to put these underused guys in tag teams and just let them build themselves up. I mean, even if it's once a week or they do a tournament, you know, every four months or something to where you just get to see these, these tag teams come together. I mean, they're just, you're right. They have so much talent on both on all their rosters that, you know, it's almost surprised. It's not surprising anymore when you, you hear somebody complain about being underused. So if they started using the tag teams, it'd just be in, It'd That'd be, be a, great. the best solution. That'd be great. But speaking of tag teams, WWE's done the exact opposite. They've done the opposite. Look at uh, we'll get to in a minute. But uh, Andrade and Garza, um, we see them fighting and finally, uh, you know, on Raw. So they're basically splitting. Uh, it looks like. Um, then you see um, Ivar. He got injured last week. We don't know when he's coming back. So that's one tag team down. You see uh, uh, Cedric Alexander turn heel last week, go to the Hurt Business. So he's no longer tagging with Ricochet. That's another tag team down. So right off the bat, just on the Raw side alone, that's three tag teams um, that are not uh, fighting right now. Yeah. And you just you have, have to have Cesaro and Shinsuke to come over uh, uh, to, to help out with the Raw division uh, for the tag teams last week to get a match in for Raw. Yeah, there's there's just too many pieces that are being underused for them not to build. And I, I get it, you know, you don't want to build just random tag teams just for the sake of having, you know, two wrestlers put together. But if it gets them on TV, you know, it, it's something. At least instead of just having them sit around and, and, and being underused and, you know, not even showing up on TV or not even, you know, having matches that, you know, people want to watch. I mean, look at, look at AEW. Yes, they're tag team division is is great i mean they have a wealth of talent but they're at least using them in some form on AEW dark or they're using you know multi-tag you know, teams exactly they're they're allowing these 
all these guys to get in. And and that's what you want to see. You want to, and it, having those, those big tag team matches, it's a break from the action. Instead of getting your one-on-ones and your two-on-twos, and that's just the entire show, having a four, four on four or an eight, you know, a 16 man tag, do eight, eight VA. I'd, I'd be down to see some eight VAs if it was, you know, just randomly every, you know, once every four weeks or something like that, just get more people on the show that, so that we can see the talent that they bring, because we know that WWE roster is stacked from top to bottom. They just have too many good pieces that are being underused. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, AEW is doing better with their tag team division as a whole, in just two hours of airtime a week, better than what WWE is doing in seven hours in a week with their tag division. You have so much more airtime on WWE Weekly that there's no reason why um, this problem can't be fixed as far as getting uh, people on TV, getting getting the tag team division going. Um, but... I digress. Uh, we know Vince is not big on tag teams. Uh, AEW, on the other hand, is quite the opposite. They're strong points to tag teams. But uh, speaking of which, segueing into uh, uh, the Raw Tag Team Champs, Street Profits versus SmackDown's Tag Team Champs, Cesaro and Nakamura. On paper, great, great match. Uh, and it, it pretty much followed through. They had a, a very good match. Uh, Street Profits get away with the win. Cesaro was looking really good delivering those yeah. uppercuts, and Montez Ford was selling them uh, very well. What did you think yeah. of this match? Yeah, I mean, talk about a, a way to kind of start the show off with some great wrestling. Obviously, we had the Drew McIntyre challenging Randy Orton, but I just this was great. I was I was really hoping to see Cesaro and Nakamura get the win. I think you know the street profit street profit excuse me have been around for a while. They are going to be champions for a little bit longer. I don't know if they needed this win. Having a team like Cesaro and Nakamura come over and beat them, it would have would have really helped out, you know, and bring more eyes to to SmackDown. But you're right. I mean, we already we all know Cesaro is if if not the top the best one of the top five wrestlers in the business or in the company, I would say, I mean, his, his in-ring skills are just incredible. And again, another, another wrestler who hasn't been used in his career in WWE to as well as he should have been, but Montez Ford has sold the hell out of those uppercuts. I mean, overall, this was a great match. I I was really, really impressed with everything that went on. And I was glad that WWE kind of took what AEW did in, in starting with a tag team match and showing off, you know, even though the, the talent, you know, compared between the two isn't even remotely close. I mean, WWE did a good job to start their show up with some really good wrestling. Yeah, um, I, I, I don't have a problem with the in-ring of the WWE. That's not, not the problem. They, a lot of good workers. Yeah. Uh, it just boils down to storytelling, repetitiveness. Uh, and this is um, the storytelling problems on SmackDown, which has gotten a lot better the last couple of weeks. But so here's the question. Who are the next challengers for the Royal Tag Team title holders of uh, Street Profits? So this is the pro- this is the problem that we're running into. I don't know. Yeah. There's I mean, no they, tag teams over there. They they might even do uh, split up or they're injured. Yeah, they I mean they might have to do a champion versus champion match at 
the, the clash of champions. I just, I think they should merge the uh, tag titles, tag titles, one tag t- team in the, uh, in the company just float around uh, with, maybe with the exception of NXT, but uh, um, yeah, I think you need, I, I think you need uh, one, one tag team title holder uh, for sure. Yeah. And, and that allows these other tag teams. That's where you can throw in those eight man tags and those 16 man tags or however many people you want to throw in, like to have them, you have a giant, tournament or something to to get to the number one contenders for one solid tag team title i just yeah. i just i don't understand why they've neglected uh, we obviously know that vince mcmahon does not like tag team wrestling as you said but the the amount of time that they've neglected tag team wrestling for so long is is, is incredible and to see what aew is doing with it is you know showing why that tag team wrestling is still something that people want to see Women's Raw title match, Asuka defending against Mickey James. So, as in case you guys didn't know, the Raw theme was uh, titled In Your Face. So, every uh, single line uh, that they talked about throughout the whole night, every single match was in your face, in your face the whole night. They wanted to make sure that Raw was in your face the whole night. So they wanted to make sure that this match was in your face too. Women's title match for uh, the Raw Raw title. Asuka's championship versus Mickey. Pretty good match here, but we noticed a little bit of a botch towards the end. Uh, it yeah. looked like Asuka was tapping out Mickey. Uh, Mickey may have been in the process of tapping out, but not just yet. And the referee rings the bell. You see a big WTF look on Mickey James' face, <laughs> if I've ever seen one. Um, what did you think of this match here? Yeah, you know it was it was it was okay. You know, getting to see Mickey James kind of get that title match, I think it was deserved. You know, she's done so much for the business, and seeing what she's grown into, and you know, getting that match was good, but. Honestly, what happened after the match with Zelina Vega was was surprising. I wonder, you know, we talked about them breaking up Andrade and Angel Garza. And now she says, you know, I want gold. You know, I'm tired of dealing with all these people. Like, I want the mat. I want to I want to fight you, Asuka. And she slaps her. I mean, I'm all about that match. I'd love to see Zelina Vega, you know, mix it up with Asuka. I thought I always thought that Asuka was was a great wrestler. And, you know, losing to Charlotte at WrestleMania 34, I didn't agree with, you know, breaking the undefeated streak. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, you know, now we're getting to the point where we're going to see, you know, a new challenger in Zelina Vega. And honestly, I, I didn't know who they were going to have challenge at Clash of Champions, Asuka's title. And Zelina Vega is an interesting choice. I don't, I don't think she's going to take it off of her, but it would be a, a fresh match. And that's something that you want in wrestling is – is fresh matchups. You don't want to see the same things over and over again. And so, you know, good on WWE again. You know, I've given them credit a lot today, but you know, it's it's good to see a new person in Zelina Vega who we kind of wanted to see some more of her wrestle. You know, she might finally get this match here at Clash of Champions. Yeah, um, it, it looks like it's going to head towards that. I think we could expect Zelina Vega versus Asuka at this point. We know Asuka's going to go over. Uh, but it is something fresh. Uh, WWE has been trying a lot of fresh things lately. Uh, let's give them credit where credit's due. Whether it's good or bad, that is absolutely debatable. Um, this wasn't even in my notes, but uh, really quick, we have a match for next week of, oh, is it Baba Tunde? 
Yes. Against, yeah. against, against Braun Strowman in the Strowman. Raw Underground. I, I, I think that they're using this un- Raw Underground to build up certain stars, maybe the next wave of a couple stars. We've seen uh, Je- uh, Je- uh, Jasmine Duke. Jasmine Duke, yeah, yeah. We've seen her. Um, we've seen uh, Riddick Moss featured pretty well. Titus O'Neil uh, was in there Titus for a little O'Neil. bit. Yeah. Um, I think he's kind of just in there to help give a yeah. rub to somebody. Uh, but Baba Tunde, if I said his name right, um, looks like uh, somebody who's uh, a little bit bigger than Braun Strowman. So I'm I'm a little introduced, uh, interested to seeing these guys throw down a little bit. What do you think? Yeah, they next week will be interesting because having Braun be in that match at Payback for the championship against Roman and Bray. And now he's on Raw Underground. Yeah, exactly. The commentators explained it that, yeah, anybody can go into Raw Underground. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and I I guess it's, you know, something, it's definitely something that WWE's done where they just kind of, you know, throw out random rules. And that's, that's how it is. You know, we saw with the wild card rule and everything. And, you know, that's, that's fine. Credit to them for trying the new Raw Underground is still kind of trying to get on, on its feet. And, it's interesting. And now you got a guy like Braun Strowman. I mean, they really haven't had that big name person come into raw underground and Braun Strowman is, I mean, he was WWE champion, you know, so he, he brings that, that star power. So I, I wonder what they're going to do because. Hey, listen, Baba if you want to make a star right here. Yes, exactly. You're going to have Baba Tunde beat the hell out of Braun yeah. Strowman or, or at least take it to him. And, you know, honestly, what, what that could do is it, it, it can write Braun Strowman off TV for a while to where he can come back as an even more dangerous heel, you know, where he wants that title. Obviously, people wouldn't probably really wouldn't want to see it, but having him come back and, and try and go after Roman Reigns down in the future or, you know, maybe, you know, they do a match with Goldberg or something. Just having him come back as that dangerous heel that he came into WWE with in the Wyatt, Wyatt family I agree with you. I think having, you know, build a, build a star, you know, get, get some time away for Braun Strowman to where he's not being force fed down everybody's throats and, and have him come back as a dangerous heel. I, I think that's the, the way to go for WWE. That's perfect. Uh, Tommy, I, I could not even said any better. Um, you, you need sometimes love, uh, absence makes the heart grow fonder. And when you don't see a particular wrestler for a stretch of time, and when they come back, it's almost like as if it's fresh, uh, and but then what they do from there, that's a whole other thing. But uh, we see WWE official Adam Pierce says if Randy Orton cannot make it to the clash, that it will be Keith Lee uh, versus uh, Drew for the title, providing that Keith Lee beats Drew McIntyre uh, in the main event of Raw. Um, and if Keith Lee were to win, he would get that title shot potentially only if Randy Orton cannot make it into um, Clash of Champions. I don't know if there's any news or not. If uh, Randy uh, Orton may have been hurt and he needs to take some time off uh, or something to that effect. So maybe they're just putting a little plan B into place uh, just in case. But um, then we get a little bit later in the night. Um as the night progresses, Drew McIntyre and Keith Lee are going at it uh, in the back, bickering back and forth, and then we see them brawl. Um, they get their match underway uh, not soon after. Af- soon after that, the, they're they're split apart. 
uh, from finding each other in the back. Uh, the match gets thrown out because Retribution interferes. So that that cut off the Drew McIntyre versus Keith Lee match. So we don't have a winner there. Um, the Hurt Business came out. To, uh, so this was interesting. The Hurt Business came out to uh, save Drew and Keith Lee uh, from being attacked uh, any further by Retribution. And um, we see uh, Drew McIntyre and Keith Lee stands tall at the end of Raw to go off the air. Um, I do think that Randy Orton will be fine to go for uh, Drew. I think this was just all storyline storytelling to get to their Raw main event. Uh, I don't think personally that there was a plan to have Keith Lee main event against Drew McIntyre night uh, Clash of Champions. So you're saying the Night of Champions. Now I'm confused. I don't even know which one it is. They keep changing it. But yeah, it's been something every year. It seems. Yeah. So it it it, it seems to me that it was probably just for Monday Night storytelling uh, purposes only, and that the plan still is and has always been a Drew versus uh, Randy, which it still is at the moment. Um. So, question for you: What did you think of the Raw main event? And do you think uh, Drew McIntyre lasts? Uh, past Clash of Champions as the WWE champion. I'll go. I'll attack it in two different things. Raw main event. Keith Lee versus McIntyre is a money match. I mean, bring out the Brinks trucks. It doesn't matter. I mean, this this match is going to be fantastic, but it doesn't need to happen right now. And I'm glad that they they did a no contest. I. I'm, I'm kind of waiting for them to just finally get around to saying, okay, this is who retribution is. You know, this is uh, finally, we have a payoff to the story. The, the hurt business was interesting. I, we saw them recruit Cedric Alexander and this is, you know, my theory here. I wonder if they're going to try and recruit Keith Lee because talk about, you know, a, another big guy in that, in that stable with Bobby Lashley I mean, talk about a good rub that he would have if Keith Lee joined there. I mean, that would be incredible. You I have think the, the, the hurt business would get more of the rub, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, of course. But I just think surrounding him with that veteran presence of Shelton Benjamin, Bobby Lashley, and MVP, and then yeah. you have two young guys in Cedric Alexander and Keith Lee. I think I think that could work wonders for all for all five of them. But overall. I don't know. I, I can't give us a solid answer if Randy makes it or if Drew makes it out of, of Clash of Champions. I honestly thought that if there was a time to take the title off of him, SummerSlam was the time to do it. You know, having having him in that match, he, we saw Drew McIntyre win with a backslide pin. Now they're going into an ambulance match. The only way I can see McIntyre losing is if Retribution gets involved because we know that there's, you know, there's, got to be a way to to end that match i'm, I'm pretty sure it's you know you got to put your per- opponent in the ambulance so i could see orton win it but if he doesn't win it here i mean it's time to move on to a new challenger because i i don't want to see as much as i've given credit to orton for doing some of the best work of his career in the past you know few months ever since you know wrestlemania time i, I don't want to see him versus mcintyre three out of the last paper three of the last four pay-per-views. It's just not something, again, we talked about having fresh matches. You need, you need a fresh challenger. So 
WWE announced on Raw that it would be ambulance match between uh, Drew versus Randy. We, we we know that's happening at this point. Otherwise, it would have not even announced it. Um, I can see Drew. I, 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 I've been saying all along that I think the perfect title run for Drew McIntyre would have been um, losing it to like a Randy Orton or an Andrade or somebody around Survivor Series. And I said that all the way back around WrestleMania time. Um, so I wasn't too sure. I mean, the way that they were talking, the way they were, uh, the planned rumors were uh, for uh, WrestleMania 37, uh, I. I was almost convinced that they were going to do uh, a Randy um, Orton uh, versus um, Drew with Randy taking the win at that point, just the way the rumors were rolling. So it kind of surprised me that Drew uh, kept the title longer. Um, Now, based on the stipulation match, I think the stipulation match is a good way to get the title off of Drew McIntyre without Drew McIntyre submitting or being pinned. Uh, I think if there's uh, any opportunity, I mean, again, I want to, I kind of want to see him lose the belt in Survivor Series just to give it a few months to breathe and then uh, have him win the title back at WrestleMania again uh, with hopefully people in the crowd. But um, I think, I think this is probably the moment right here. Randy Orton gets the win, gets the, gets the title uh, by not by pinning or submitting Drew, this way, he stays protected. All you have to do is throw him in the ambulance, uh, and then you win. Yeah, and, you know, I think I, I said I don't want to see that match three out of four pay-per-views. Yeah. But it, it's a different dynamic They'll if Orton wins. Now. Yeah, well, I, I would assume that they would do – I think that their rivalry could call for a Hell in a Cell match uh-huh. um, for that pay-per-view. And, again, that's another stipulation match where – you know, retribution. If they were to continue the retribution storyline and not show out or show off who is in that group, that's a great time to show everybody who the members of the group are, while also still protecting Drew. You know, you attack him, lights go out or something in the hell, hell in a cell, and retribution's in there, and they take off their mask and they attack Drew. I mean, that is that is great. And then we could, you know, get a. Dijakovic, if that's who is in Retribution, as the rumors have said, versus McIntyre. I'd love that match. I think that's great. That would be a great, you know, kind of end of the year feud to where Drew can get back, you know, around Royal Rumble time, get back into the title picture. And like you said, get to WrestleMania and take that title back. But I I don't know what they're going to do. I think I think you're right in the dyna- the fact that the dynamic of the stipulation match, especially an ambulance match, gives them a way to get the belt off without McIntyre, you know, looking weak or without McIntyre taking a pinfall. But I was just, I was so ready for them to do it at SummerSlam. And now that they didn't, I just, I don't know if I can confidently say that Randy Orton is going to take the belt off of him. All right. So, well, hopefully within the next week or so, we'll learn more and see where this is going. Uh, If I'm not mistaken, I believe there is um, one more Raw before Clash of Champions. Yeah. So next week would be the go-home show. Um, So I guess we'll have a good idea by then. And then not to mention uh, uh, what happens uh, next week at Night of Champions, Clash of Champions, whatever you want to call it (laughs) uh, at this point. Um, 
can also give us an idea of the possibility of if a big name will go to SmackDown, like if Drew McIntyre goes to SmackDown uh, and what have you, because I've heard those rumors too. Um, so we've talked about NXT having the gauntlet number one contender match. Um, that would be uh, next week. And in that gauntlet, it was for uh, which uh, match? Oh, for the uh, Finn Balor's world title. Yeah. Uh, so we have that coming on. We have G1 New Japan tournament starting um, Saturday morning at like 3 a.m. over here. It'll be <laughs> 7 p.m. over there. Um, no, I will not get up at 3 a.m. to watch. I'll, I'll watch. I'll catch it later on. Um, you know who will? Oh yeah. Oh M M will be at the point where he hasn't even gone to bed yet and he'll watch exactly. New Japan and then go to bed afterwards. For sure. Um, that is probably speaking of which, uh M uh who uh, runs uh the AEW portion of our show for those of you that are watching, uh, listening, he it is his birthday today. So if you guys happen to uh, get a chance or are in the Facebook group, Phil, uh, make sure you wish him a happy birthday. Uh, anyhow, uh, oh, uh, one other thing, um, a little off topic here, uh, but uh, AEW Dynamite's running a one-hour show next Tuesday after the NBA playoffs. Yeah, talk about you know interest, interesting dynamic there. I, I wonder what they're going to have on that show and how you know that's going to compete against uh, WWE and you know if the numbers are going to be well. Obviously, they wouldn't be competing against um, NXT. That's my bad. But I just think having that dynamic and then having a show on Wednesday is going to be really interesting. Uh, here's another headline. Uh, Sonya Deville's stalker uh, faces life in prison. I don't know if he's officially uh, convicted, but uh, he pled not guilty. But that's going to stand. Come on. that's The legal system has its problems, that's for sure. So, um, yeah, so uh, life in prison is on the line. You put not guilty of that. I'm just uh, running down the, uh, any, make sure I didn't miss any uh, headlines uh, here. Um, and on, on the SmackDown side, uh, really quick before we come in for Landon, uh, we have Sasha Banks uh, coming on to SmackDown this Friday uh, to uh, for the first time since her attack by Bailey two weeks ago. That should be pretty interesting as well. We're seeing Alexa Bliss. Uh, doing uh, Bray Wyatt finishing moves in the middle of her matches. Um, so uh, that's an interesting storyline there. SmackDown's been doing some pretty good stuff, I must say. Yeah, I am extremely intrigued by the main event, I'd assume, of Clash of Champions, Jey Uso versus Roman Reigns. I think that's going to be, a, again, fresh matchup. I mean, talk about fresh. I mean, Jey Uso, you know, getting that rub and, and going up against his cousin and in um in Roman Reigns will be a very interesting, very interesting matchup. But yeah, SmackDown's been on a roll recently, and I look I look forward to seeing them continue that here. They really have. SmackDown's been uh it's interesting for for a while. It's oh man. Uh when the, the whole focal point was on Baron Corbin and Roman Reigns. Um, the dog food. Then you have the program between Braun Strowman and Miz and Morrison, and then Braun Strowman and the Fiend, or, or should I say Bray Wyatt? Uh, and Braun Strowman's title run was just abysmal, yeah. uh, to say the least. Uh, and then you had uh, Otis with the Money in the Bank winner. I mean, they're doing some kind of storyline with that. Uh, maybe uh, maybe John Morrison will be the person to take the Money in the Bank off of Otis. Um, 
I'm not, not even too sure uh, where that's going yet. But, uh, yeah, the COVID months were not good for SmackDown by any means. Raw was not benefiting a little bit more because we, we were seeing more new faces on there. So I was all about Raw. But now my interest has actually shifted just a little bit more towards SmackDown than Raw as a late. Um, so I, I honestly, Tom, I missed about six to eight uh, straight weeks of uh, SmackDown. You know, I just caught a little bit of the highlights yeah, uh, just to kind of know what's going on. But uh, now, um, t- you know, tomorrow would be my third straight week of watching the whole show and not yeah. missing. So uh, I'm excited. We'll see what happens. But the Sasha Bailey stuff has been uh, great. Yeah, it's been fantastic. And I- I'm s- we we talked about it. We mentioned it on other shows. It's just how excited we are for them to finally get to this to this point. This rivalry has been something that they've been building up so well. I mean, credit to we've always talked about WWE not not delivering on some stories, but this has been you know, obviously knock on wood here, but this this has a chance to be one of the best stories of recent memory. Yeah, absolutely. Um it has been it's been the best um WWE storyline in uh pretty much all of this year. Yeah. For the most part. Uh and of course not to mention can't forget the Roman Reigns pairing with the Paul Heyman's been very intriguing too. It's fresh. We know Roman Reigns is going to bring uh, beat Uso. Uh, maybe the Usos join Roman Reigns a little small faction there. So we'll see what happens there. But everybody, thank you so much for uh, watching or uh, listening. Uh, if you are watching, uh, make sure you hit that subscribe button, help us out, share with your friends uh, we are also available. The Deep Six Pro Wrestling Podcast is available on uh, not only YouTube, Twitter. Uh, we are available on Twitter. Make sure you subscribe to that. iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. And you can also find us on www.bassportspage.com where you'll see Tommy. Tommy writes articles about AEW uh, reviews on backsportspage.com. You can find them there. Uh, so be sure to check that out. And listen, the opposite. If you're a listener, if you haven't watched our YouTube channel, please uh, check us out. Give us a subscribe. And, uh, Tommy, that pretty much wraps it up uh, for this week's talk of WWE. Uh, Thank you so much for hopping on, man. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm looking forward to the next one. Yeah, we are getting close to Clash of Champions. Um, uh, we're getting close to that time of the month where we do prediction or post show, whatever we have going on. Not to mention we have New Japan coming up uh, shortly. Um, uh, AEW has got their one-year anniversary show uh, in about three weeks from now. Um, and then uh, it's just a lot. Hell in the Cell will be in a couple weeks and then followed by Revolution. Uh, AEW 3 Saturday. It's, it's going to be a lot. It's going to be... It's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of lot going on. A lot of rest. Especially if you're following New Japan uh all those days. Uh that's gonna be a lot of content. But I'm looking forward to it. Guys, uh for those of you watching listening, thank you so much uh for hopping on. And uh we will see you guys soon. <laughs>